what does Alberta's $13.2 billion surplus mean for we regular everyday Albertans? Well, joining us with some insight is Moshe Lander, economics professor at Concordia University. Thanks for being with us once again, Moshe. Appreciate it. Hello. Do we have any indication as of yet on how this surplus will be used by the Alberta government? Well, it looks like a lot of it's going to go towards repaying debt, which is never a bad thing for the government. So I, I think the vast majority is is going through there. Uh, I think if Albertans were hoping to see maybe a $500 sort of Ralph Bucks like a mm-hmm. Mo Money is going on in Saskatchewan, I don't envision that's going to happen. So that's probably the one area that most people wanted to see, but no. Really? You don't think we'll see any of that at all in terms of yeah, what we've seen in Saskatchewan, for example? No, because actually it's bad policy. So, um, you know, it, it's nice at uh, times like this when people are suffering from inflation, the, the thought that somehow the government would give us money to handle it. But the government is giving us money, right? We're, we're getting our electricity rebates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're uh, possibly going to get uh, natural gas rebates come October if the price of natural gas goes high enough. And for the last six months, give or take, we haven't been paying our provincial portion of gasoline tax uh, and so gasoline prices have been about maybe 10 cents, give or take, lower than they otherwise would have been. And when you're driving an SUV gas guzzling vehicle, that, that can add up to a sizable chunk. So we, we are getting it. It's just we're not getting that headline check direct deposited. Yeah, that's very true. It's a great reminder. You know, we've seen this before in Alberta, Moshe. This, this province has raked in the money from oil and gas, et cetera, and then we haven't. So do we think that maybe, you know, with the oil profits that are coming in now, or do we think we're our, our government is a little better able to handle it and, and save it for the future and do something good and progressive with it? No. <laughs> No, I I think that uh, we've seen decades of this sort of bad behavior that when things go well for the economy uh, or for the government's budget, they just stick their head in the sand and and, and say that, you know, good for us and uh, nothing needs to be done. Uh, You know, I I guess with a a new leader coming in the next little while, uh, maybe some things will change. You and I have spoken in the past about the idea of introducing a, a sales tax into the province, much as people wouldn't like it. Uh, it would actually help stabilize the the government's budget, and we wouldn't have these sorts of wild swings that are connected to oil prices, which themselves are not really connected to anything within government policy. Right? It, it's war in Ukraine right now that's the big driver there, and so the the government is heavily reliant on things outside their own control, and that's why we do see these violent swings in the the surplus to deficit to surplus again. But we know anytime any politician mentions a sales tax, that is political death and and likely not expected to be even debated coming up, is it? Well, we saw uh, Danielle Smith and Travis Taves basically insult each other with, you want a sales tax? No, you want a sales tax. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's about as close as you can get to calling somebody a a liberal, I guess, in this province, right? That's so true. No, I, I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but it is the correct thing economically. Now, Premier Kenny mentioned benefits of re-indexing taxes from inflation. Can you explain what he meant by that? Sure. So let's say that I charge you 10% income tax on any income over $50,000. Okay? Uh, if your income is going up uh, because of uh, inflation, then you're paying more in taxes merely because your income is going up because of inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're paying more in taxes, not really because of a higher productivity or anything like that. But what if I said this year you pay 10% of anything over 50000 but next year you're going to pay 
on anything you earn over $55,000. So now when your income goes up because of inflation, you're not necessarily paying more in taxes because the threshold at which you start paying 10% has gone up as well. So for the last few years, we haven't been doing that in the province, uh, and that's what they're referring to as this de-indexation. What the government has decided is, no, we're going to reintroduce that, which is good economics, in fact. Um, and what's going to happen then is that effectively, where you were paying, say, 10% on everything over 50, now you're paying 10% on everything over 55, and in a sense, you're kind of getting a bit of a tax reduction then, uh, because that extra $5,000 uh, isn't going to be subjected to that tax. I, I'm making up the numbers of fifty and fifty-five thousand. So just in case any listeners think that that's the way it works in Alberta, it's not exactly those numbers, but that's the idea to to understand it. So it should be popular with Albertans, but I don't think they explain that very well. Most people don't understand what it means. No, and and the fact is that you know the numbers that I'm making up here, fifty fifty-five thousand dollars. They're the the numbers that uh, where these thresholds kick in are are crazy numbers that you know like. $13,672. So when, when you change that threshold, um, you know, it's probably going to amount to maybe about three to $400 for the typical Albertan. But if you're being paid every two weeks, which most people receive their paycheck on that schedule, uh, you know, three, 400 bucks spread over 26 paychecks amounts to ten fifteen dollars uh, every two weeks. I mean, it, it's barely a cup of coffee a day, right? So it, it's it's a sizable sum over the course of a year. Uh, but I think people would much rather have, say, $400 cash in hand, like Mo Money is, uh, than, than seeing, you know, a, a $10, $15 every couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to that $13.2 billion surplus. The Premier laying out policy about how it should be used. But, I mean, let's face it, we're in a UCP leadership race. We'll have a new Premier very soon. Are they likely to follow anything that Kenny has set out? Or is this an opportunity for someone to really, you know, make their mark? No, it, it is a chance that you can uh, un, undo what they're promising to do with the money. Um, don't forget, too, that all they're providing here is an updated forecast, right? So it's not that $13.2 billion has actually materialized, right? So it's not sitting in a government bank account right now with how do we spend this money. It's just they're saying that if what we're seeing continues until the end of the fiscal year, which is in, in uh, March of 2023, we anticipate that we will have generated $13 billion more in revenue than we've committed to in spending. So certainly something can happen in the next six months where you know, a new premier can come along or global events can come along and, and totally disrupt those numbers. So we could be talking about uh, at the next quarterly update that the, the projected budget surplus could be even biz- bigger or it could disappear entirely, mm-hmm. right? So there's lots of room for things to go wrong between now and March. All that we're seeing is that this is what they're committed to doing with that surplus once it materializes. We've got a texter who agrees with you. We borrowed money to run the government, they say, over the past few years, so let's pay off the debt. No more government projects. Once we're paid off, maybe lower the taxes. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the government does with this windfall and, and how long it lasts. Appreciate your time, as always, this morning. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. Thank you. Moshe Lander, economics professor at Concordia University.